0: Hello and welcome to So You Think You Can Rule Persia, the podcast where we rate and review all the kings of Persia from Diochis to Yazdegerd III. I'm Sariel and my pronouns are they, them.
1: I'm Uberto, my pronouns are he, him. Okay, so welcome to our fourth episode, fourth real episode, and that is to say Astyages. This is our first episode after the publication of the podcast and we want to thank everybody because they've been really nice both. Fellow podcasters and all the listeners have been really supportive and welcoming, and really excited. Thank you so to keep much. The we're, project.
0: we're very nervous. We hope you enjoyed it. All the encouraging words were very appreciated, and hopefully you'll continue listening. Okay.
1: <laughs> yes, especially now that we're going full Herodotus, and it's going to be a wild ride.
0: Oh yay! More accuracy.
1: Yes, it's going to be so accurate. We even have people's dreams like you can't get more accurate than that. Wonderful. So just a little bit of a recap on what happened last time since it's been a while. Mm. So last time Syaxares turned media from a tiny little kingdom at the edge of the world into a massive empire that is now one of the four power brokers in this area of the Middle East, roughly, together with Lydia, Babylon and Egypt. Now, Syaxares didn't just make a big empire, but he managed to consolidate all of his borders by securing a marriage alliance with Babylon to the south and Lydia to the west, which he got after the Battle of the Eclipse, which was Yes, really cool. the coolest battle <laughs> we've had so far. So Syaxares managed to secure a large and prosperous empire. And now he's died and left the throne to his son Astyages. So Sariel, what expectations do you have for Styages? Better or worse than Syxarys? Kind of equal? What is your expectation right now?
0: Well, clearly he's been left with a huge responsibility and I am sure he will do wonderfully in establishing this empire as something that's solid and like well-respected. He will make sure that socially everything works out, that all the people living in it are very happy, that there are no problems, no lack of resources, and he won't ruffle any feathers. I'm sure it will will be fine. It will be wonderful. It will be just perfect.
1: That's great to know. Then we'll see how well that ends up working out (sighs) as soon as we go through his life story.
0: Listen, I can dream, okay?
1: Yeah, might be. We don't know. Could be.
0: You know, the mythical Persian Empire needs to start somewhere, so.
1: Yeah, it'll start somewhere, you know. Don't wait for that. We're still not Persian kings, but, you know, at some point, maybe. Exactly. Okay, so to start with just a little bit on Astyge's name. So apparently his original Iranian name seems to have been something like Rishti Vaiga, which means something like spear swinger- or Shakespeare, <laughs> if you will.
0: <laughs> Wait, Shakespeare? Oh, yes. Shakespeare. Oh, Our friend oh, Shakespeare. That hurts. The music. <laughs> king.
1: <laughs> but um. his Greek name, Astyages, apparently is sort of a backwards etymology because it sort of means city breaker. So probably it went backwards from there, trying to make something that sounds similar but makes sense in Greek. But yeah, that's roughly where we get the idea.
0: You're moving way too fast away from the fact that he was called, He's called Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yes, our good boy. Either Shakespeare or Spear Wiggler, <laughs> which I think it's. I mean, even Spear funnier. Wiggler
1: does strike fear into the heart of your enemies, <laughs> so you should uh, really go with that one.
0: <laughs> I think what's even funnier than him being called Shakespeare, which is. Hilarious! <laughs> you essentially are calling him like Mr. Wavyspear, Spear. <laughs> I can't. Yes. Calm down, Mr. Wavy Spear. Or Mr. Wavy
1: He'll have a lot of reasons to have to calm down. You'll find out.
0: Oh, fun! Hooray! Can't wait to find out. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, what do we know about Astyages before he becomes king? Very, very little. So we know that he was the son of Cyaxares. Mm. Good. And also that he is the brother-in-law of the new Lydian king, Croesus, by marrying his sister. Right. As part of the yeah. whole treaty uh, during the Battle of the Eclipse, Astyages okay. got a Lydian wife. That's mm-hmm. all we know before he becomes king.
0: Oh, so uh, Astyages also gets a Lydian wife. Yeah, basically. So he... his sister marries the Lydian king and... No, no, the Lydian king's sister he'll... marries him. Oh, oh. So
1: okay. that's how we... That, that's what the connection that was made in the first place.
0: Ooh, all right, all right, all right.
1: Yes. So once Asyages becomes king, he has a nice 12 years where we have no record of anything at all happening. Everything g- goes yeah. fine. We don't have any records of wars because, well, he's allied with the major powers in the area and, well, the Egyptians are too far away to be a threat and there isn't really anybody else intent on invading him. So, great job. Wonderful success is 10 years where nothing interesting happens.
0: Well, that's technically, honestly, that's good. That was a very calm period. And like we agreed in the previous episode, that is when you want to leave. Honestly. Yeah,
1: as a random person, you want to live during the times where nobody has anything to write about. and You can just enjoy your life as a peasant somewhere.
0: Exactly. Also, excuse my English and my mispronunciation. I don't know what's happening today. (sighs) It's Fine, it
1: happens. But I said that after 12 years, something finally happens. Now, we know that Astyages has a daughter called Mandane. And this daughter, after 12 years of reign, has reached an age where it's time to think about, okay, who is she going to marry? Is she going to marry, you know, a foreign king? Is she going to marry a local Median lord? Is she going to marry a subject king of Astyages? Is she going to marry somebody entirely different? Astyages needs to make this decision and see where this is going to go.
0: Yeah, because like, you know, who cares about what the girl wants? You need to use this for political power.
1: Yeah, of course. She is a political pawn. She doesn't get a say in this. It's fine. So while Astyages is thinking about this, Herodotus tells us that he had a dream. So Astyages is asleep and he dreams that water comes out of his um, daughter's womb enough to Uh, fill the city of Ecbatana and overflow all of Asia.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Just bad women's anatomy, but continue.
1: Yes, I mean. One of the options to solve this is to go see a gynecologist. The other one (laughs) is to call up his magi, his seers in the court, and ask them, what does does this mean? Can you explain, please?
0: Please, Freud. I mean, the magi that work here. Yes, exactly. Can you interpret my dreams?
1: So the magi tell him, well, you know, this is a sign that your daughter is going to give birth to a son who is going to take over all of Asia.
0: Ooh. Wow. I mean, honestly, I was thinking it would be interpreted as like, oh, she like water can be seen as life giving, but it can also be a double edged sword because like water can also destroy, as you know, from the rivers. Like I thought it would be in that direction of like making crops grow or destroying villages. I mean, that that would have been a nice way.
1: But yeah, this is uh, this is an entirely different setup. So Saeji thinks, okay, well, I currently rule a large part of Asia, so I don't want my grandson to overthrow me. So what I'm going to do is marry my daughter off to a minor noble somewhere. You know, no foreign kings because they can invade. No media nobles because they can take the throne. Let's look for a minor insignificant subject kingdom.
0: See, this is the kind of nonsense (laughs) that I'm like, how did you get to this particular decision? Like, where was the logic? Where would you be like, Oh, I don't want this person to overthrow me. Like, isn't the point to keep the empire growing? And like, I thought he would be thrilled that this descendant of his would actually invade most of Asia, expand the empire. And he's like, No, I don't want this to happen. F- it. I'd rather do a mediocre job, but keep being the greatest. I what? mean,
1: the problem there is that it would be his grandson through his daughter. So probably it would be a child that wouldn't inherit the throne. So would be against mm. Astyages' eventual heir, so there would be oh, a war inside, I so that's see. kind of the issue.
0: They make the problems themselves, really. Like, just change the order of succession. I don't... These I people. don't know.
1: It's, <laughs> uh, it takes a lot. It's difficult to change customs.
0: People are very greedy. Anyway.
1: Yeah. So Astyages looks around in his kingdom for an insignificant subject king he can marry his daughter off to and sort of solve the problem by giving it to someone who isn't powerful enough to take control. So he looks around and he sees, hmm, you know what? Persia's pretty insignificant. Let's marry my daughter off to the king of Persia, Cambyses. Oh, let's go. Oh,
0: let's go. <laughs> yes. This is wonderful. They're finally in the story. Hooray. Yes. I'm so excited. i <laughs> sorry. I know they kind of appeared last episode, but I'm so excited. I'm so ready for this.
1: Now they're more protagonist area.
0: Now we know what's going to happen. The prophecy is going to come true and this is going to be explosion. Sorry. My, my brain works in more like visual terms. And exactly. Like this is a podcast. <laughs> so.
1: so Mandane is shipped off to Persia where she meets her husband Cambyses, the king. And they seem to get on well enough that soon Mandane is pregnant. And everything goes well and they live happily ever after for... About nine months. Okay. Nine months later, Astyages has a different dream. Where this time he sees that from his daughter's womb, there sprout a whole series of vines that come and cover all of Asia.
0: See? This is going in my direction. I just, you know.
1: (laughs) Your explanation would probably be a lot nicer and lead to a better future than the one we're going to see. Oh. So what Astyages thinks is that, okay, so I haven't diverted the prophecy by marrying my daughter to someone insignificant. It's still gonna happen. hmm So what do you do with children of prophecy, sarial
0: You eat them. Almost! Oh, sorry, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Kronos <laughs> and- uh, or Saturn. I mean, uh, this the is the same pretty thing. close, I don't want my chi- Yeah, I don't want my child to overthrow me, so I shall kill them before they-
1: As you said, we need to get rid of the child of prophecy. Because as we know, every time you try and stop a prophecy, that makes it not happen. And there are no negative consequences whatsoever.
0: Yeah, like self-fulfilling prophecies are not a thing. And you can totally, like, that's why you ask the oracle. Because everything is very clear always about the significance of the things. And there's just only one way to interpret it. And it is totally up to you if it happens or not. Yeah, it's easy. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Slash... Sarcasm, please. Uh, <laughs> Self fulfilling prophecies are a thing for a reason.
1: Yeah. So, Astyages calls up his faithful general Harpagus and says, Harpagus, I need you to kill a baby. Harpagus replies, A specific baby?
0: Yeah, every- <laughs> everyone's favorite assignment. Yeah, it's <laughs> your
1: great job when your boss calls you up, please kill a baby. And Astyages says, Yes, I need you to kill my grandson from my daughter Mandane. I got a negative prophecy. Need you to get rid of it. So he sends off Harpagus and Harpagus is, you know, a bit uncomfortable with the job. But hey, you know, you don't get into generaling without trying to kill a few people. If it's babies, it happens.
0: If the king asking you, uh, what can you do as part of the job?
1: So Harpagus goes down to Persia and takes the newborn little baby from Mandane and King Cambyses. They can't do anything because, well king of kings astyages said so sorry i need to kill your baby
0: okay is the persian king okay with this
1: the persian king is apparently okay enough with this that he doesn't do anything Wait, about it really he probably just knows that he can't fight astyages and astyages is his king <laughs> that's that's so it's fair because like, eh, I mean, we did,
0: we you know. did leave it a bit vague if they, like, made friends with Persia or conquered Persia, and media is, like, really big now, and... uh, Yeah, after
1: sykes Persia is more of a subject than an ally at this point, so... Cambyses has to say, I mean, I'd rather you not kill my child, but okay, sure, I guess, if it's a prophecy.
0: (sighs) The mother is going to be real upset.
1: Yeah, she is not happy with this. (laughs) But yeah, Harpagus rides off into the wilderness to get rid of the baby. And riding after a while, the baby is cute, and it smiles at him, and it makes baby noises. And he's like, oh, I mean, I don't want to kill a baby.
0: I love this. I love that the baby has the baby powers that all humans are susceptible to, which is like the cute face and the big eyes and the baby noises. Yeah, and it's like, "Oh, this, Like, I kill probably a bunch of people. Is like, oh, but it's... But this cute and adorable. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's I small. Can't,
1: yeah, I've been hugging this baby on my travels. I can't really kill it.
0: He should have just nipped Ptolemus his way through it and just like straight away. <laughs> just, I'm sorry. That it, yes. Don't do not describe it. If you know, you know. <laughs> but just done it when he got there and you know. Yeah.
1: But it's... as fate would have it, Harpagus decides not to. And he also oh. reasons that Astyages is going to die at some point. And Mandane might become very powerful, and she's not going to remember fondly the man who killed her child. Mm. So maybe he should find an alibi. So Harpagus goes into the wilderness and finds this random peasant called Mithridates. And says, you, random peasant, do you want to kill a baby for money? Oh, And the peasant says, can I think about it
0: first? (laughs) (laughs) How much are we talking?
1: And Harpagus hands over the baby to this uh, Mithridates and says, listen, bring me this baby once you've done the deed, I'll pay you a good amount of money, make it worth your while, and we'll never talk about this
0: again. How is this better? Like, I know you're not doing it yourself, but like, it's still going to weigh in your consciousness. Like, you're still killing the baby. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, it's
1: problematic, but yeah. So this Mithridates goes home to his wife, called uh, Spaco, which is apparently median for dog, just so (laughs) you know. Okay. And uh, when he goes home, he finds that his pregnant wife had just given birth, and uh, unfortunately, the peasant's baby had died shortly after being born.
0: Sad, but quite convenient. Yes. This is very
1: prophecy sh**. -sh 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 So when Mithridates tells his wife, hey, listen, I've been offered a lot of money to kill this baby. What should we do? The wife says, don't do it, first of all.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. Just like the wife having like some semblance of like morals (laughs) and like at least two more neurons than the husband and being like, please. Just like, maybe don't. No. Cool. (laughs) And the wife,
1: uh, not only that, she says, hey, listen, this is sort of an opportunity, because unfortunately our baby just died, but we can adopt this baby that you're meant to kill, and you can hand the other body to this noble, right? Babies all look like potatoes anyway. He won't tell the difference. It'll be fine.
0: Okay, convenient. Good plan. We like it. Let's go.
1: So Mithridates thinks, okay, good plan, Spaco. That's a... Good idea, let's do that, rather than kill an innocent baby.
0: Weird that we have the names, which leads me to think we probably don't really, you know. As if the dreams and the prophecies weren't enough of a clue as to the viridity of the story.
1: So Mithridates puts the clothes of the young prince onto the dead baby, and the young prince is then swaddled in nice clothes and kept in the crib they had there. My heart. (laughs) <laughs> and then Mithridates goes over to Harpagus and says, My lord, the deed is done. Here is the baby corpse. May I have the money, please? And Harpagus says, All right, well, here's your bag of money.
0: Oh, well, at least at least you he go. pays him. I thought he would be like, No, because like, nobody with these morals deserves to be, you know, like, I thought he was going to be a bit about it. No, seems to be fine. Great.
1: Well, then Harpagus goes over with the baby, goes to Astyages and says, Your Highness, I, I did the deed. It's been done. Mm-hmm. you don't have to worry anymore about this prophecy. It'll be fine. Then 10 more years pass, and uh, Astyages rules well enough that everything is going well. There's no wars, no rebellions, no terrible tragedies. He has almost forgotten about that child he asked to murder. Until one day, Astyages is holding court, and his nobles are coming up to him, asking for favors, for judgments, all this sort of thing. And at one point, one of his nobles comes up and says, Astyages, listen, I need your judgment on a village that you own. Because my son was playing in this village, and Mm -hmm. one of the local village boys, one of the local peasants, whipped him, despite being a noble. So Astyages tells this noble, all right, fine, I'll make this judgment, bring in the child, and uh, I'll talk with him. So this little child is brought in to the presence of Astyages, seems to be about 10 years old, weird that. And Astyages asks the child, so... I heard that you whipped one of the children of one of my nobles. What made you think you had the right to do that? Hmm. And the child says, well, your highness, you see, we were playing a game with all the children in the village. So we decided that we're going to play kingdom and all the children chose me to play as the king. Hmm. But the noble child was angry that he wasn't chosen, so he wouldn't follow any of my orders. So, of course, as you know, your highness, as a king, you need to maintain order. So I ordered the other children to whip him for his insolence
0: oof, okay.
1: (laughs) And Asaiji's like, okay, I mean, you know, this is a clever kid. I get that he's appealing to my being a king.
0: Hmm. I also like whipping my servants when they don't obey. (laughs) I see where he's coming from. Good, good.
1: (laughs) And so Asaiji says, all right, well, okay, you shouldn't really do that because he was a noble, but I can kind of see where you're coming from. You're a bright child. You're quite an intelligent fellow. Um... You also sort of look familiar. What is, uh, what's your name, child? And the child replies, oh, my name is Cyrus.
0: (laughs) My name is the baby who was abandoned in the woods, who is of noble descent. Junior. Yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And yeah, so he says, oh, my name is Cyrus. And uh, Saiji says, okay, very well, Cyrus. Then uh, would you mind uh, sending in your father? I'd uh, like to have a word with him. Mm Mm-hmm. And Cyrus shifts, and Mithridates pops into the throne room, and Sages asks, "Mithridates, is this child actually your son, or um, did you come by him in a non-traditional manner? <laughs> you know, <laughs> did you, you is, know? Uh, like, where did this baby come from exactly?
0: Did you find him? Um, like, the stars just aligned? What?" With- so
1: Mithridates at first says, oh, you know, yeah, no, it's just my natural born child, so, you know, nothing weird about this. It's all normal and fine.
0: Totally fine. We don't share any features, but that's just because we have a lot of recessive <laughs> traits in the family. So, you know, it yeah, happens. That's, that's
1: all. That's nothing weird. But then Asages gets a little bit annoyed and suspicious and threatens to torture Mithridates yeah. and say, no, seriously, tell me or things are going to end badly for you. Mm. At which point Mithridady says, okay, okay, I'm sorry, your highness. This was a thing that happened 10 years ago. Like a noble, I think his name was Harpagus, told me to kill this baby and I couldn't bear to do it. So I just raised it as my own. I hope it wasn't too bad. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do anything wrong. This is uh, Whoops. That's all I had.
0: I didn't think he would confess to the king. We are in trouble now.
1: Yeah. Oh boy. oh boy." At which point Astyajis says, oh, oh really? That's, that's interesting. Good to know. You, you're free You're free to go. Please send in Harpagus <laughs> after you. Thank you. Okay. At this point, Harpagus enters the throne room and Dostaiji says, So, Harpagus, remember that baby I told you to kill ten years ago?
0: Did you kill it personally? Yeah. Did you delegate, you know, to somebody? Yeah. Harpagus
1: at first says, Oh, no, no. Yes, of course. I killed him uh, personally. As you can see, I showed just the body and everything. It was, it was fine. Everything has been solved. Uh, why? Have you been worried about this? Staichi says, well, I kind of found the child and he's 10 years old now. At which point Harpika says, oh, okay. Um, And he explains the whole situation. He explains, oh, you know, your highness, I didn't want to dishonor you by killing your grandson. You know, I would never do that to a member of the royal family. I couldn't do that personally. And Staichi says... All right, that's fine, Harpagus. Actually, you know, I've kind of gotten over it. Probably the prophecy about him becoming king of Asia was just about him playing with his friends in the village. I'm sure the Cyrus is going to come to no consequence. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, Harpagus, we're gonna have a feast at my palace oh, no. this evening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> would you mind sending your son over to help prepare the feast? No. Thanks, that'd be great.
0: Oh no. Oh, no. So
1: Harper goes goes home to his wife and says, Honey, that's great. You know the child I was supposed to kill? Turns out it wasn't bad. I just sent our son over to the palace. It's going to be fine. We're going to have a nice feast. Huh?
0: (laughs) I... Things are going bad. That is the
1: correct sound.
0: (laughs) I mean, like, I love that now I have been conditioned to just be scared when anybody mentioned feasts. Because... You know? (laughs) But also, oh no. Why are we doing this again? This is very forbidden. Aserges, you're just cursing yourself. Like, have you learned nothing?
1: He already has one curse. He might as well add another one. Wait, he has one? I mean, he has the prophecy that is sort of there, so.
0: Well, but that's not a curse on him. That's just you know, I guess.
1: Sure, fair enough.
0: But I guess Psyxeares did the same and had a great life. So, yeah,
1: Psyxeares did fine. You know, Astyages is going to be mm. cool as well. So Harpagus goes over to the palace for a great feast, and he is being fed a certain dish by Astyages. And Astyages asks, "Oh, so Harpagus, what do you think of uh, of no. this meal?" And Harpagus says, "Oh, well, as everything in your feast, it is it is brilliant, your highness." No. At which point Astyages clicks his fingers and one of the serpents comes over with a silver platter and upon this silver platter is the head of Harpagus's child. (sighs) And Astyages says, what do you think about my feast now, Harpagus? And Harpagus replies, oh, well, your highness, I would never disobey any of your orders. Everything that you say is good and correct.
0: Harpagus, please rebel.
1: <laughs> Poor Harpagus, I'm yes.
0: I'm rooting for you. You had a good heart. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> but, at this point, Astyages consults his magi again, and they reassure him, yes, probably the Cyrus thing was just that he was going to be king of his little village. It's fine <laughs> if you send him back to his mother.
0: No! So after all of this, the magi are like, oh, by the way, just kidding. One of the bones was upside down. We didn't realize it's, yeah, it's yes. probably going to be fine. We are so, the prophecy uh, you know,
1: wrong. Yeah, I mean, the prophecies are weird. If he says he's going to be king of all of Asia, but it's just they're playing as king of all of Asia. Sure, I guess maybe it works. So Asaegi sends little Cyrus off to Persia, where he is going to be raised by his loving mother and father, the king of Persia. We hear nothing more about Mithridates and his wife. Oh,
0: Oh, Which uh, is I, I, kind I, of
1: abrupt, but okay. I guess.
0: I hope they could say goodbye I, and explain I, I to the so. child I hope so. Nobody mentioned what's them. Happening. Yeah. Huh? I mean, to be fair, this episode has been more about Cyrus than about Astyages, so...
1: That is going to be a theme.
0: Ah, yeah, <laughs> I see. I see.
1: And here, the parents, Mandane and Cambyses, spread the story that Cyrus was suckled by a female dog called Spaco. Remember, Spaco means dog? Right. They raise the story that, oh, he was suckled by a female dog, which I thought was kind of a neat parallel with Rome and Romulus and Remus.
0: Yeah, especially because some people do discuss that this might be just a also a misnomer or a mix of words, and it wasn't actually yeah. a, a she-wolf or a she-dog, it was actually a person or, like, something of yeah, the sort. exactly. So Ah. I thought it was a
1: fun parallelism, and that's... I see,
0: so that's why you mentioned it. I thought it was so weird that you were like, by the way, (laughs) this means this. I was like, okay, uh, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
1: now you know why it exists. Interesting. So yeah, at this point, then 10 more years pass, and Asaiges is happy with his decision. He did He's doing everything correctly. He made a great plan. Thank goodness nothing's going to come and bite him. Hmm. At which point, Cyrus grows into a handsome and talented young prince. And he is now 20 years old and receives a letter from the court up in Media. Ah. This letter is signed Harpagus. And it says, Hi Cyrus, I'm the guy who saved your life when you were a baby.
0: And he's still alive, and you know. I mean, yes. I guess he had his punishment, so.
1: And he says, I've been plotting my revenge against yes! Astyages for the Let's past go! 10 years.
0: Ow. Would you like to help? I knew it. I'm so rooting for him. Let's go.
1: And Harpagus tells Cyrus listen, clearly the gods love you, or you wouldn't have survived through all
0: yeah, your I found,
1: <laughs> everything you've been through. I
0: found it very weird that after finding out that the baby was never killed, of course, Astyages punished Harpagus. But then just let the kid live, and not only that, but he didn't keep it with the peasants; he sent it to Persia. Yeah. So, like, mm. what is the point here? Like,
1: <laughs> I guess he felt bad about you my know, his daughter and everything.
0: Oh, now. <laughs> but, you know.
1: Yeah. After ten years, he managed to chill out a little bit.
0: <sighs> okay. Let's just. Let's just. <laughs>
1: Yes, Uh, Harpagus finally convinces Cyrus, and Cyrus is like, you know what, yeah, I can rebel, I have power, I can do this. So at the news of Cyrus's rebellion, Astyages then sends men to arrest him, but Cyrus manages to prepare a large feast for all of Astyages' soldiers, and when all of them are too drunk to move and arrest him, Cyrus runs away into the wilderness to try and build up his new army. And this is where we introduce a new source that I love very much. This new source is a man named Tejas of... Not Tezaphon. Tejas of... uh, Of Nidus. There we go. Because they both start with C's, but it doesn't make sense. Yes, so this new source is Tejas of Nidus, who is a doctor at the court of a much later Persian king. And in living there, he manages to write his own history. The key detail about Tejus is that his source is deemed unreliable by basically everyone.
0: Hey. Like,
1: people look at Herodotus and look at Tejus and they say, oh wow, Herodotus is really super reliable. Thank goodness.
0: Oh God. Okay. <laughs> So, Let's yes. Let's go. I mean, Herodotus was the first one to write history as a discipline. So maybe this other guy was just, you know, just like more in a novel kind of way or like a you yeah, know, I story mean, he kind of was also just like
1: a surgeon. That was his job. Uh, but, Probably a different thing, I guess. Yeah. It was a hobby. I don't know. Also, the funniest thing that and we'll skip from Tejas later on, but one of the funniest things about Tejas is that we conserve very few of his works because people just quoted it by saying, haha, this idiot thinks this sort of thing.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And one of the things that makes me most sad is that Tejas wrote a whole book on India,
0: Hmm.
1: but we have only tiny snippets. And one of the things that we maintain is that, is other historians saying, ah, look what an idiot Tejas is. He says that in India, there's, like, a colorful bird that speaks Indian. What a loser.
0: <laughs> and okay.
1: apparently teachers described it with enough detail that we can figure out what parrot this is.
0: <gasps> yes! Let's go!
1: But it was all lost because nobody was like, oh, geez, sure, of course. Yeah, you're right.
0: Oh no, I love this. Yeah. This is such a Cassandra <laughs> moment. Yes. Oh, Someone speaking the truth and cursed with, like, nobody believing them. Oh, Wonderful.
1: This is also in the same book where Tisius talks about giants with one foot and an eye in the middle of their chest.
0: So uh, okay. You can
1: understand why it's a bit weird.
0: I see. He just, you know, he's got some truth and then you just add some spice to it. Yeah, it's fine. It's cool.
1: But yeah, so Tisius describes the war between Asyges and Cyrus to us. Tejas tells us in very reliable fashion that for this war, Astyages collects 1 million infantry and 200,000 cavalry to invade Persia, while Cyrus can only collect 300,000 infantry and 50,000 cavalry. Only. I mean, yes. you know. Now, to put this into perspective, the Roman Empire at its maximum had half a million soldiers, and at the time of Augustus, they had 250,000 soldiers.
0: <laughs> this is not an empire at its highest. It's like one of the first empires and it's just getting started. So, can we please cut them some slack? Exactly.
1: I mean, this is sort of the equivalent of Titius saying they had a bajillion, jillion soldiers each and they were like, rah! Yeah, and fighting. <laughs> so, you know, numbers are difficult with Greek historians, but we can see that.
0: As we have seen.
1: So, Titius tells us that the Persians and the Medians fight each other for several months and they have three large battles. But in the end, there is one climactic battle in Persia, Mm -hmm. where the Persians fight well, but they're losing. They're being pushed back by the much superior Median army.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, at this point, some of the Persians start running away. They start fleeing from the Medians. And we get a beautiful scene where all the Persian women start yelling at the soldiers running away. They start calling them cowards. Saying why are you running? There, go they back were just to find. They were just
0: there, like spectating. Like okay. yes,
1: they were just viewing.
0: I see. And the best part
1: is that some of the women raise their skirts and show their nether regions to the soldiers and tell them, "Where are you going, you cowards? Are you going to enter the place from which you came?"
0: <laughs> yeah, let's go. That is such a power move. I love them. Yeah.
1: At which point the Persians are kind of embarrassed and they're like, uh, oh, <laughs> if I go back home now, I'll never hear the end of this. Mm-hmm. I should probably face the medians. That sounds safer.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I love the women just being like, where do you think you're going? Yes, Come exactly. on, do it's the just, one no. thing you have to do, you coward.
1: So with this Invocation, the Persians go back and fight the Medians and manage to turn the tide of battle. Oh, good. And they gather for one last conflict. And at this point, we switch over to Herodotus. Oh. Where Astyages puts Harpagus at the head of his armies and says, Harpagus, my loyal general, you need to end this rebellion once and for all so we can destroy this Persian upstart.
0: I knew this would happen. This is so great because, I mean, Astyages was just being a to everybody. So, yes, you know. Kind of problematic, so... Kind of asking for it, yeah. You know, mutiny.
1: The two armies array themselves for battle, and as they're about to clash, Harpagus turns around to Astyages and orders him to be arrested and handed over to Cyrus. And we also get reports of this in the Babylonian Chronicles, so this is the one thing that definitely happened in this whole story. Wait,
0: wait, but Harpagus was in Cyrus's side.
1: Yes, but Astyages didn't know that. Oh! So so Astyages made Harpagus the general of his army, and then Harpagus turns around and captures Astyages. Wait!
0: Astyages, what is wrong with you? He thought he didn't hold a grudge. Astyages, what the hell? You put as general of your army the man whose son you killed and fed to him? Yeah, he thought it worked as intimidation. Apparently didn't. Astyages, you need, you need an intervention, man. (laughs) Like, there's something up there not working properly. You're delusional. Like, I, mm, I'm having trouble following your logic, is all I'm going to say.
1: But yeah, so at this point, uh, Astyages is taken prisoner and brought before the young Cyrus. And Cyrus takes the throne of the King of Kings for himself, turning this from the Median Empire into the first Persian Empire, also known as the Achaemenid Empire.
0: Yes, yes, we did it! We got there, let's go! Go Cyrus, go Harpagus, Woo!
1: Yes, we finally made it, at long last. And Cyrus is apparently merciful to Astyages. He decides to, uh, yes, dethrone him, but then keep him as a minor governor in a faraway province. Oh, Where, wow. according to Herodotus, we hear nothing more about Asyges, while according to Tisius, Asyges is eventually left to die in the desert by some scheming eunuchs. Without any more context, because why not?
0: Because who needs it? Yeah, it's fine. That's really interesting. When you said he'd be merciful, I imagine he just doesn't kill him right there. But also, wow. I mean, if he made him governor, that's...
1: Cyrus is, an, is a cool dude, yes. And we can hear more about him in the next episode, episode five, Cyrus the Great. Let's go.
0: (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm just like, sorry. It's a shame you can't see me right now. Or maybe it's better you can't see me right now. But like, I'm so excited. We have our first The Great. And also he sounds really cool and like kind and understanding. Which is really awesome to see when you get like a ruler that has the fame of doing something incredible for an empire and conquering and expanding and all of these things. Because it's always nice to see that the person who showed mercy and intelligence and empathy is the one who actually did a good job and people liked him. And you don't just have to be a ruthless, feared ruler to do these things.
1: Yes, we'll get a lot more of that in Cyrus's episode, but yeah.
0: Oh, fun.
1: In general, for now, all you need to know is Cyrus is apparently a cool dude who managed to survive a lot of weird prophecy stuff. That's amazing. I like him. So now it's our turn to rate Astyages and see how he does. Oh, I can't
0: wait. I'm very excited for these. (laughs) He's a fun one to rate. He was very difficult to like, but. Terrible things mostly. Also, we barely talked about him. (laughs) But
1: I mean, this is basically Cyrus the Prequel. That's true. Honestly.
0: But he's a fun character to rate, so. Okay, so our first category
1: is Final Moments. How did he die? We don't know. Well, according to Herodotus, we don't know. According to Tejus, he was killed by some scheming eunuchs in an unspecified circumstance.
0: I mean, I like scheming what eunuchs. What is your opinion that's, here? You
1: know. A thing you'll notice about Tejus is that he really doesn't like eunuchs. Oh. He is very eunuch phobic. Why? What is it when you hate eunuchs? I don't know.
0: Why? What happened to Euthesius? You,
1: You'll find out. He becomes not a main character in our story, but he'll become a character oh, in our wh- story. Who? We get to meet him? It's really cool, yes. Okay. We actually have two historical sources meeting each other <gasps> in the course of our story. Ooh, okay, really
0: I'm excited.
1: But Stygis' death, what is your thought on
0: but, uh, it? I mean, it'd be cool to have some more detail.
1: Yeah. I'm honestly between, like, a zero and a one, because yeah. maybe one for the Tejas thing, but
0: eh. Not even.
1: Yeah, I'd go for one because I feel bad, honestly. Because Tejas does give us, like, a
0: teeny tiny bit of something.
1: But, yeah. I, I'd understand I a zero, honestly.
0: If we gave anyone a zero before.
1: We gave Saeixari a zero and Ayakis, just because they both oh, yeah. disappear into mm. history,
0: really. I guess this is one more than a zero, so I guess a one would make sense. But also, if you give them yeah. a one and I give them a zero, then he gets a one. So maybe I'll give... I mean, this is
1: half points, oh, by the right. way, final moments. So yeah, then... if we both give him a one, he gets a one out of 10. Okay. Otherwise okay. he gets a half then,
0: point. Then a one. I feel like that that's fair. Okay.
1: So final moments, one out of 10 points for a second. have
0: a, a hint, you know, like a expensive dish with a lot of different flavors. And we have like a little <laughs> hint of something that like, maybe it's there, but you're not quite sure.
1: Yes, a teeny tiny rock. I don't know where that more.
0: comparison came from. I, I not I'm tired, guys. <laughs> that's
1: fine. <laughs> Next category is battle hardness. How good was he at fighting, at battles, all that sort of jazz? Uh, so overall, I mean, he didn't really fight any external wars that we know of. Um, he lived for quite a while without any of those. That's good. The battles he fought are mostly with Cyrus, with mm-hmm. the Rebellion. And there we have the dubious battles with Tejas, where he seems to have been winning at the beginning. And then the only one that we're absolutely sure of is the battle where Harpagus switched sides. So epic. I don't know if you can count that as a battle. So
0: good. But yeah, we don't really have any, like, he didn't use any particular strategy or, like, did anything really interesting that has been mentioned. Of course, based especially. on the sources, like obviously I don't know.
1: Yeah, but I think Syaxares just gave him a really stable situation. Yeah. So there wasn't much you could have done even if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I'm going to go with a 1 again yeah, for Battle me Hardness too. just because
0: well. yeah, he yeah. did
1: something, presumably, during the rebellion, but that's it. So a 1 and a 1 gives us a 2 out of 20 for Battle Hardness. Next category is scheminess, so oh, Yes. how good it was <laughs> schemes and manipulating people and doing that sort of thing. This is
0: out of 10?
1: This is out of 10 again, right? Yes. Yeah. So let's recap. He tried to have a baby murdered.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, first he had a dream and then got a prophecy and decided... Yeah. I mean, you know, that's not especially schemy, though. Just to marry your daughter, like, strategically because of a weird I guess. prophecy?
1: I mean, fair enough. I can see that. That deserves a little bit. I
0: would say that the daughter has a different opinion on this, you know. Sure. Fair enough. So we have that. Then he
1: tried to kill his grandson.
0: Because of another weird prophecy, which, yay.
1: Yes. Then he tricked Harpagus into feeding him his son.
0: Which he did. And that gives him most of the points because that is ridiculous. Yes. And then he made some weird decisions.
1: Yeah, I don't know how schemey that is and just rather than just a bit weird. It
0: it feels schemey in the sense of like, it feels like, you know, he's trying to strategize and see, but like, it's just wrong. It's just the wrong way to go about it. Not a
1: great plan, yeah. So I wouldn't be going very high for scheminess. I think he's more shocking than schemey. I'd give...
0: I'd say a three.
1: About three? Yeah, I'd be going for a two. Mm. So the two and three for scheminess we end up getting... 5 out of 20 for scheminess. Fun. Next is shock factor, which I think is yes. his round. Oof. Shock factor. This man. He Yes, <sighs> he again, a lot of baby killing. Uh, we need a trigger then warning for he this episode. To,
0: Maybe in the comments <laughs> just like, "Hey, some <laughs> possibly, intense things yes. happen, you know."
1: Yeah, uh, worse things will happen, but yes.
0: Yes, this is, this is ancient lot. history.
1: The past is a terrifying place. Okay. But yeah, so he tries to kill his grandson Then turns around and says, "No, it's fine. I can actually raise him with his parents."
0: Which what?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Then he feeds Harpagus's child to him, and
0: but also doesn't like depose him of his rank or anything. Just like yeah, that's very just makes him really real angry, and yeah, still keeps him with all his power. No consequences. Yeah, I can see no consequences to this. (laughs) Yeah. So for shock factor, I'm going,
1: I don't think it's the highest no, possible. I think but I'd go
0: for like a seven or an eight,
1: seven or an eight. I, I'm more on like a six, honestly, mm. then I'll go for a seven. Cause again, it's like two events that we have that are big. And then the rest is, so have dumb. you
0: listened to this episode that we just recorded? I know, like, I know but I've also listened to the next ones, but I, so yeah. I know what happens. <laughs> Well, that's why we both vote. <laughs> yeah, and for that's me the point it, it was a lot. <laughs> so I'm saying six, and you're saying seven. Seven, okay.
1: So thirteen out of twenty. He is our highest shock factor. Obviously. Good job? Question mark. Not scientist? even
0: not even Dayokis boulders can top this. No, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was good stuff. Next category is Eren Shine. How good was he for the Empire?
0: Hmm. Uh, Fine, I, guess. I mean
1: the thing is that well there are two factors to consider he ruled for many many years without anything bad happening mm-hmm. he ruled for a very long time which is good I guess
0: but he also got it handed to him so yes that's you know. true
1: he had a beautiful nice pristine empire handed to him he didn't expand it but he didn't lose pieces except at the very end when he lost all the empire and his dynasty no longer has the throne.
0: But this is good for the Persian Empire, which is what we're here for.
1: I guess, but still within Iran. But it's Iran, not his, it, it's, not it's basically him, really. him isn't, yeah, it's not his <laughs> merit that he's not doing a good thing in helping.
0: He was it's just like talking about
1: his own thing, just, you know. The trick is never try and kill the child of prophecy. That is not a good way to go. The trick
0: is go with it. Just go with the flow. If it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. So it's good that you have a heads up. Listen, just flow with it. Yeah,
1: it might as well work out at that point. It's just a lot. Mm. So for Shine, what are you thinking? I would say a five if he just kept everything normal and okay. Mm. But he lost the throne. So I'm saying like a three. That's my headspace. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'm very lost with this one i guess
1: yeah you can see what he was compared to you
0: know i mean compared to like saris who like made the empire right
1: i mean saris is definitely way up there Sycharis almost got full marks. So he you know.
0: didn't lose at all in like terrible battles and like made people really unhappy essentially people living in the empire hopefully won't have to go through much of an impact in that way it's just a different ruler but like there wasn't war and famine and you know
1: yeah i mean the empire itself is pretty much the same except yeah. now we've just shifted from median to persian leadership
0: exactly so it's not that terrible there's worse ways to yeah definitely destroy an empire because the empire is still there mm-hmm. uh, i guess a three because he because yeah, you know well. he, he did keep it in one piece for those all those years
1: okay so three and three gives him a six out of 20 for Aaron shine which makes him
0: just above
1: Fraortes. just one little point above him
0: wait what did Fraortes do
1: fraerties died in battle in front of nineveh he tried to uh, gather the, the whole right, thing yeah. or...
0: the the failed avengers the infinity war era of yes the, yes exactly. okay so listen we all learn in different ways and i try that's to remember fine. It things works out. however i can that's cool
1: Okay, so next category is Face of Faces. We get to see what this man looks like.
0: (gasps) Yay! Oh, wait, I need to, uh, I need to draw, wait.
1: Okay, so show me what this man looks like. And viewers or listeners, you'll be able to see this on our website with all the other doodles. So this is a wonderful drawing where we have, there's basically Astyages in a cloak with a beard and a crown with darkness over his eyes. As a servant whispers into his ears, your grandson will overthrow you. And Astyages says, hmm, as he thinks of a brilliant plan to get rid of the child. Okay, very good. So now I'm going to share the image with Serial so they can have a look at Yay. what our boy looks like. Now, we don't really have a contemporary drawing of him, unfortunately.
0: Oh, surprise. What we have
1: right now is something from an 18th century tapestry oh. where it is Astyages being brought in chains to Cyrus. So yes, let's go. This is Astyages. Describe what he looks like to us.
0: It looks, well, very 18th century. So, you know, yeah. very stylized and kind of a mishmash of 16th century armor and roman robes and it's a bit of a you know non-historically accurate old-timey armor i guess for a king is what the painter was thinking which looks really cool just you know i don't know how accurate (laughs) yeah he's wearing uh hat like a helmet but only the head part of a helmet nothing covers the face you can see his face he's got a beard a white beard He's on profile and the helmet has a crown like a golden crown embedded on it which is a cool style yeah, you know i, I like still that wearing style, a crown choice. still wearing a crown but wearing a helmet too and it has the decorative feathers on top which you would definitely not wear in battle
1: I, I mean, maybe, it could work, you eh, know, maybe, if, if, maybe you're if you're gonna be not, leaning from the back, yeah, you know, maybe if not he's fighting. an old man.
0: And yeah, just uh, blue and red robes and metallic armor, like shin guards. It's,
1: it's a really... nice armor from the future, but yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So what do you think about this? How would you rate him?
0: I mean, it's not contemporary, so it's eh. And it's a very 18th century Western take on this story, on this character yeah definitely who was the painter or where were they from
1: Uh, i'm not sure because this is a tapestry so Ah, i I wasn't really able to find an author all it said when i was looking was 18th century tapestry Okay, okay fine okay but yeah so how many points would you give him
0: uh I mean, I drew him in a very different stage of his life. This is kind of like the defeat, yeah. of, of which is what you <laughs> yeah, want to see. Like, you don't want to make a yes, cool well, painting. I'll of show you
1: the full tapestry in a moment. Yes, but,
0: uh... of the evil Astyages. Yeah, this is
1: him more of like sad, defeated old man rather yes. than, haha, I'll kill my grandson.
0: Uh, I guess it's fine. Like, I enjoy it and it's pretty and it has cool details. It's just mm-hmm. not, you know, it's an interpretation and it has nothing actually yeah. uh, accurate about it. What is this out of what?
1: This is out of 10, but then it's like reduced by four.
0: Okay. Well, so it's a small I, bit. Let's see like a, a two out of 10. Cause I like the yeah. tapestry. It's I'm, just, yeah, I'm going for a
1: three cause I like how it looks, but yeah, mm. I'm not going too high cause of the whole, uh, setup. Yeah. So let me just type that in. So you're going for a two and I'm going for a three, which gives him a total of 1.3 out of five and yeah, let me show you the rest of the tapestry. Where here it is,
0: oh, pretty.
1: Basically, him being brought before Cyrus, which is yes. this kid here with the turban.
0: Well, a kid, I guess. Yeah, he was like twenty, right? He's like twenty. Yeah.
1: yeah. So this isn't accurate at all, but you know, it's neat yeah, to see the whole artistic
0: licenses were taken. Yes. Whatever the artists thought.
1: Yeah, definitely. So we have Harpagus here kneeling down.
0: Ah, I see. Yeah,
1: bringing uh, Astyages over and Cyrus. Sending Asaiges off to govern a province as punishment.
0: And some spears for the Shakespeare. Yes, exactly. I like it.
1: (laughs) For a good Shakespeare boy. So that is all we have for face faces
0: There weren't as many spears in this story as I thought there would be. No, it's just a disappointing. Sorry,
1: it's very sad.
0: Ah, well. Okay.
1: And the final category is lengthiness. How long do you think he reigned?
0: Well, at least 20 years. Correct. Right. Plus, him having the daughter, and having to figure out who to marry her off to. So... Even if the daughter was born, like, while sykes was still alive.
1: Yeah, based on the numbers, presumably, she was born from a previous marriage.
0: Um, let's say, like, uh, 30 years?
1: Yeah, very close. Actually, 32 years, from 585 BC to 553. Okay, so that brings us to the final scores. Where do you think he places among our previous kings?
0: Well, none of them were too high, except for like shock factor, which was okay. He mm-hmm. reigned a decent amount of years. Yeah, but that's only 3.2 he'll points. Be somewhere in the
1: middle. Somewhere in the middle. So in the end, he has 31.5 points out of 100. Okay, yeah. Which puts him just under one point behind Dayakis. Yes. Which I think is fair enough. Since this was mostly the Cyrus show, yes. featuring Astyages.
0: Yeah, we did not so. care about him much.
1: I mean, the sources don't either, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, our fault. Sorry, Astyages. Yeah. But also not yeah. sorry, because what the hell, man?
1: I mean, you sound terrible if you are what you are described as, so don't feel too bad. Who knows? Which leads us to the final question! Aha! Uh-huh. Is Astyages interesting enough, fascinating enough, Glorious enough to be called a Shahan Shah, or is he just going to be called a Shahan Nah?
0: No, he's a Shahan Nah. He does not deserve it. He was a terrible person, and he barely was in his own episode. Yes, I I agree. And anything interesting that happened in this episode that I want to tell people about is because of Cyrus, not because of Astyages.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Astyages is a supporting character in his own story. It it doesn't really work. So, yeah, I think without... Too many regrets, we can say that Astyages is a shahana.
0: Mm. You
1: can send him off into the desert to say hi to Deacus and Fraortes.
0: And the eunuchs and that are going to plot against him or something. Exactly, yes.
1: And sykes Ares can be very disappointed in his son.
0: Oh, oh as no! As we plan
1: for the future. Yes. be an
0: uncomfortable reunion. Yeah, good
1: thing they don't have to reunite different yes. places. It's okay. because yeah, he gave him an empire and now there is no empire. Now someone else has it.
0: Well, yeah, like, to be fair, the empire is still there. It's just not median anymore.
1: Yeah, so...
0: Yes! <laughs> but at
1: last, finally, it is the Persian Empire. Although, again, in the next episode, we'll see why it can have many different names, either a empire or the first Persian empire, but we'll get into all the words. We'll get into under Cyrus. Future, yes. There is a lot with Cyrus
0: but to we get through, it. so... We made it, so. finally. Yes. The title makes sense. At
1: last, at long last... Yes, and with this, with uh, the end of Saegis, we've made it through the Median Empire. The Median oh. Empire is finally over. Right. And the first tiny section of the podcast can be completed.
0: Yay! I wish I had, like, okay. party, you yes. know.
1: Party poppers, yes. yes. We should uh, get mm-hmm. those for special occasions. But yeah, so Saegis, Shahna. Although we have an interesting uh, preview of what Cyrus the Great is going to be. I'm
0: so excited. How many episodes do you think Cyrus the Great is going to be?
1: Depends on how much I edit this, but it should be one episode. I think I should fit in one episode, but it's going to be a long one. It's going to be the upper limit of what, uh, Mm. for timing.
0: I guess you'll have to tune in next week to find out.
1: Yes. Tune in next week. And also now that we have all our websites and socials active, you can contact us there. And Yay. you know,
0: leave us a comment or, you know, send us an email. Tell us what we were wrong about because, you know, it's always good to learn new things or just tell us what you liked or what you didn't like or just send us a good joke. I don't know. We appreciate memes. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's nice to receive feedback. So, you know, let us know how it was. Let us know who you're excited about in the future. Now that the key minutes are coming up.
0: Those of you who know what he's talking about.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) The key are going to be a fun ride.
0: I'm very excited for like the
1: next few kings are a good, solid group of kings. I can't wait. Looking forward to it.
0: As always, thank you so much to the Rexipot family for lending us the format, especially to Rex Factor, the pioneers of ranking monarchs in the podcast world. Yes. Go check out all of the podcasts. there. all of them are really, really good.
1: Yes, all of them are really good and they've been really supportive and friendly, so that's great.
0: We're happy to be part of the family. Hi.
1: Yay. So you can look for more details on this at so you think you can rule or on Twitter at ranking Persia. And I think it's the same thing on uh, on Facebook, so you could look that up as well.
0: We'll have some links on the episode notes. Yeah. You'll fine. figure it It'll out. Be there.
1: It'll be cool. Okay, so I guess that's it for this week. So I hope you'll join us next week for episode five, Cyrus the Great.
0: I can't wait. Okay, take care, everybody, and goodbye.
1: Take care, goodbye.